This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode 22, I interview Sydney runner, Ed Goddard. Ed is a very easy man to talk to, down to earth, and generally enjoys his running. Ed burst onto the scene only a few years ago after moving from Sydney to New York to pursue a scholarship at Iona University. From here, Ed was sponsored by ASICS and still represents the company to this very day. After success in the shorter events, namely the 5 and 10K, Ed transitioned to the half marathon and now marathon. He now has a current PB of 2.13 in the marathon, which he recorded in Manchester in April this year, 2022, and intends to continue training toward the event, ticking off shorter races such as the half and 10K along the way. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing about all things marathon, to music, and to even haircuts. Sounds uh, well, yeah. welcome, welcome officially to the podcast. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. No problem. I'm sitting here uh, at 6am in Brisbane. Is it 9pm uh, over there in London? Yeah, 9pm. Yeah, okay. You been out for a run this morning? Uh, yeah, I got uh, 80 minutes done this morning. It's a good change of scene being over here, just mixing it up. Um, it's a good like period between races and stuff too. So it's nice just to get my legs under me. I'll probably hit about 160Ks this week. Um, and so it's, yeah, sort of fun, easy running, couple of workouts. And yeah, rest is pretty chill. Oh, fantastic. That was one of my first questions. Why, why are you still over there? Is it an extended holiday after the London Marathon? Or so I'm racing there? Valencia uh, Marathon. I mean, sorry, I'm racing Valencia Half Marathon uh, next weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I am aware that that's happening uh, next weekend. So what, what's your preparation for that then? And how's the, the running been going since London? Yeah, honestly, since London's been, it's been fine. I mean, I mean London itself was pretty uh i mean it was annoying but you just can't get too hung up about it because it's like i mean it's just a race really like i'm gonna run hundreds more in my life so i mean it would it would have been a great opportunity to have run fast but i mean it didn't eventuate and at the same time sort of take my learnings from that and um yeah set my side to move on to the next one and i mean recovery has been pretty chill i mean like i mean that's probably the best part about a DNF really like you sort of can live and fight another day. It's not something that I'm going to ever aspire to do again. It was the first time I ever pulled out of a race, but I mean, that is the only blessing. Like it's been, it's been super easy, honestly, to pull up um, after like being able to get back into workouts, have nothing wrong with the body. Um, and so it's been nice. Like, and it's been nice as well. Just to be able to get 
a normal training week as well under my under myself. Yeah, so let's delve into the London Marathon a bit more because you yeah. were, you you won the Sydney 10K at the Sydney Marathon event and also yeah, second yeah. at Sea to Surf. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had you had a great run in. Um, so what what happened there during the race? I think you were sort of fine up until about twenty something kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean my leading was good. I had a good um, string of races throughout um, throughout winter. I mean, I didn't really taper taper down for for any of them. I was sort of racing off maybe 150k in the week. Um, little cut down, sort of had it. Yeah, enough to freshen up and race, but not enough to to spend all my spend all my energy on any of them. Um, I mean, so it was, yeah, it was a good leading, and I was happy with how everything was, but London was the big plan had a good taper down um and on in the race itself yeah i was with i was with the pack i wanted to run with for uh maybe 23 k's or something like that um uh, but i just i just didn't feel myself from the start um which was annoying i guess first 5 k's was slightly downhill we ran pretty quick through the 5k i mean it was like 14 45 or 1450 or something um but yes slightly downhill so no no worries but i could i don't know i could just tell something something wasn't up but i was hoping that um that my energy would either all all stay that level or or um i'd be able to have a good second wind but it sort of didn't eventuate um which was annoying and i mean because I've never pulled out of a race before, I think that's probably why yeah. I jogged on so long. Um, because it was just, it was something I didn't want to do. Um, and in the end, it was just the right decision to make. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I was scratching my head afterwards as to, as to what did go wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain I sort of know what, uh, what mistakes I made. Um, and so I'm sort of happy to, to put it down to that and move on to bigger and different things. Yeah. So was it like nutrition at all or training leading into the event or sleep? Uh, were you just feeling uh, flat during the runway? I mean, honestly, what I'm putting it down to was, um, I mean, tapering, tapering is hard. Um, and I've sort of got my, I mean, I got my mileage done. I mean, right down and I know, I know what to do for those things, but um and i've made lots of other mistakes or learnings like in taper week either doing too much if you're in a new city and stuff like that um and so i was spending a lot of time off the legs um but i i joined a gym when i was over here because i was like a condition running on the treadmill um there's a pool there's a cold pool there's a hot pool uh so good for recovery um but there was also there's also a sauna in the change room um and so I was finishing all my runs. So I was going straight into the sauna. It's pretty cold in London, and so I thought, um, I thought that'd be, I don't know, it's just, it's just something to do. And at the time, I just didn't think about it at all. But I was sort of spending 20, 30 minutes a day in the in the heat, um, and I think I was just digging myself into a hole, um, which which is stupid. I mean, like back home in Sydney, I sauna probably twice a week, and that gives you enough time between to to hydrate and um but just doing it every day doing it post run um it was just dumb and i mean i had a headache 
the night before the race, like um, I I ended up sleeping without a pillow because I sort of changed pillow a few times and just had the worst headache. Um, so I ended up, yes, yeah, sleeping without a pillow, woke up with a headache and I was pretty annoyed about that. But um, soon adrenaline took over and I thought, um, I thought maybe it was just nerves or something, but yeah, dumb, annoying, but what can mm. you do? Bit time to move on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and did you head out with Brett himself uh, in that first part uh, of the race? Was that was that the plan? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the plan to go with him, um, but I mean, it was the plan to go with that pace group. That group. That, I mean, the was going to head for two hundred eight pace, which um, I mean, that's the other problem with like some some of these big races. It was sort of first groups going super fast second group 208 and we were meant to have a we were meant to have like maybe uh five to ten guys come with that group as well um and third group was sort of 212 um and so i i I knew what i was gonna um i was gonna go out at and the plan was to just sort of chill in that group and um and yeah and see see how that goes try to just save energy but i mean it was, it was weird because like a lot of the guys who were going to come out with our group like they were there for sort of the first five ten k's and then dropped off didn't see them again um but yeah i mean of the group uh brett brett was the fastest guy with um yeah just under 210 so it was i mean everyone sort of had um not ideal days other than him but it was you know sort of blow up city out there <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. The Inside Running podcast, I'm not sure if you've seen, they posted up on Instagram uh, an opportunity for listeners to predict the times. Did you see that yeah. for, for, for Ed oh, and I, Brett I Robinson? I did see it. it was, I actually yeah, thought, I put was... you ahead of Brett. Um, and that was, with all honesty, I, I thought that it all come together yeah. for you. Um, and nothing I mean, I, against I was Brett, thinking but... it would. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, my training was super good. Like, ironically we we did a workout the week after um i did it with a guy called adam clark and a guy called charlie grice um and the workout was six by three k's with a one k float between um and we went through uh 25 k's at 303 which is um i think it's 209 15 pace um and it was just and we did that on dirt and in the yeah did that on dirt in the park and it was ironic to have felt better in a workout um the week six days after six days after the race than on the race itself but i think um that's just how how the body works sometimes but i mean it was funny brett and i were actually talking about the um inside running um whatever you call it like guessing competition because it's kind of it's weird to just see your Instagram feed the days before a race is just full of what people think you're going to run. It's because, because you get tagged in the post and so you sort of see it yeah. all. It's, How do you avoid that? For, I mean, you just don't really, you just got to block everything out. I mean, there's a lot of uh, messages like before and after the race. And um, I mean, I, um, I always make sure I reply to, everyone if i can like i mean that's the thing because i mean if someone's going out of their way to message um say good luck or say well done or whatever like i i want to acknowledge that but yeah so like before a big race there's a lot of um 
a lot of people sending messages or giving advice and and stuff and you sort of acknowledge it but you sort of know what you got to do as well at the same time you just um yeah sort of blinkers on but yeah <laughs> no, it, it's funny yeah i saw it's probably a little bit cruel but i saw some even as a joke right like dnf in there yeah yeah oh, gee that's that's a bit harsh <laughs> i mean honestly like i know um yeah i mean that's the thing with the marathon though i mean a lot of especially the top guys like uh they do they do dnf um when when things aren't going their way like i know Galen Rupp DNF'd in Boston and ran um, one of the fastest American times three weeks later. Because um, it's just one of those things, like, honestly, like, if you put in a uh, massive training block and a race isn't going your way, like, for the, for those guys, and, I mean, even sort of for myself, like, um, when it is your income and, and whatever, like, if it's not going to come together on the day, you sort of do have to um, make the choice to go again um and i mean maybe that's something i do i mean the body's feeling good i feel like i could um yeah could do a sort of a, a mini uh mini cycle and then um maybe cut down for another race but i'm just gonna make all my plans post half marathon next week i think that's gonna be my dipstick like if that goes well i'll know body's fresh if that doesn't go well i'll know that i need to um yeah take some time to get my feet back under me yeah, yeah. Well, Ed, Ed, I'm backing you for sure in the future. And, and I mean, <laughs> you're very young. Are you 24 this year? Yeah, 24. Yeah, so we'll come back to the marathon actually at the end of the interview to talk about um, not just yourself, but then also like within Australia and what we can do right. Some um, guys like Brett and the, the others out yeah. there training sure. for the marathon about what can yeah. be improved because that, that Aussie record as you as you know he's been there for a long time so we'll come back to that yeah. and chat all things marathon um before for we sure. get there let's let's do a few things on you um as a person first so yep. uh in terms of like growing up then were you born in um sydney yeah yeah always lived in the same house in sydney <laughs> <laughs> yeah so where, and where'd you go to school there in primary and high school in sydney uh i went i went to shore um from kindergarten to year 12 oh wow uh, yeah, so not not much change growing up, but I, I like it that way. <laughs> and that a private or state school? Uh private school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then for work, what are you doing for work? Like at the moment, is it is it is it just running, or have you got a side gig? Uh, yeah. So I mean, at the moment, like uh, I'm on a four year contract with Asics, which is which is good. I mean, really enjoying it. I mean, it's 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 like a dream come true, I guess, to have a uh, a brand um especially one like that put um put their backing behind you and and sort of fund your um endeavors it's nice and it's good like a um it sort of helps you feel like you're part of a team as well because running can be pretty isolating um going to college in america for two years was i mean it was a great experience but it does give you that big um sort of team setup um and it can be hard leaving and going on to um, um, sort of having to plug your trade by yourself. So it is nice to have um, sort of ASICS as my sponsor and a few other sponsors. Um, yeah, like 4, 4D Gym in Sydney, they're great as well. And I, I head in there most days, whether it's for the treadmill or treatment, gym. Um, yeah, no, it's good to sort of have that community around you because running can be 
a pretty isolating sport. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. So you pretty much, um, we'll come back to, to the college, but you were at college and then um, had that deal offered to you from ASICS, so straight into yeah. to professional running. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was lucky as well. I mean, there wasn't much um, looking around time, which was nice. Um, sort of they uh, the NCAA rules got changed during the lockdown period as to um, what you can and can't do. Um, sort of thing with brands um and so i could i signed with asics during my um sort of time back in australia during during that um that covid lockdown so it was, it was nice that i didn't have to stress or try to find something after i was finished it was it was nice to sort of have something um that was already arranged by the time i finished college yeah no it's, it's really good to hear man i'm so glad that you've had that opportunity to ease in so uh, quickly after college so just give us an idea of um your family and have you got a partner and that kind of thing bit of background about your relationships yeah yeah so um i mean my family like they're big they're big supports to me like um i mean they came over and um and watched me race and um and they help out a lot as well like honestly like you wouldn't be able to do it without them and you sort of do need that backing especially um i guess when you when you're young as well to mm. um to sort of encourage you and i guess um yeah because it's not like i'm playing uh, premier league football or something and i'm making a million bucks um or way more as well like in in a year it's sort of it's one of those sports i mean there are guys making um a decent a decent earning out of it but I think you do need to um, you do you do need people to look after yourself, um, which is good as well. And I mean, Max, so it comes back to our point about um, sort of building a community around you because I think, um, yeah, you, that's one of my keys to success. I think is um, yeah, having that support network. Um, and yeah, my um, yeah, Annabelle, my girlfriend, she um, she's a runner too. Um, so it's cool. I mean, especially when back during a lockdown, like when it was sort of only seeing people in your household or um, uh, small groups, like it was, it was super easy to have someone just, it was like a, just a training partner on tap, honestly, like, yeah. um, which, which was, which was cool. I mean, um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get back to that kind of thing when I, when I get back to Australia, sort of um, whatever block I'm in, it's, it's nice to have that. Um, but she's, um, I mean, she's also working with Wayne Laden, um, at the Sydney marathon. Um, and it, it'd be cool. Cause I mean, that those guys, they're doing, um, uh, world cross and Bathurst. They're helping organize that. And they're also looking to bring a world major to, um, to Australia being Sydney. I think that'd be, that'd be pretty cool for the, for the running scene here. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. That'd be excellent. Um, you'll yeah. get to get to your running times and achievements shortly too, and then sort of head back to the start, your upbringing and what led you to running. But before we get there, one last thing on on you. So yeah. I've normally asked the, the guests about things that they're into, like hobbies or whatever, outside of running. I noticed that um, that music and fashion's a, definitely a big part of what you do. I see you each of your runs. You've gen- generally got a song title in your Strava um, up- yeah. uploads. So what's yeah? What's your connection to to music? Like, are you do you play any music or? Uh, I mean, I think music's just a. I mean, it's a really good constant 
um, I guess, whether you're relaxing or whether you're doing a workout, there's always, um, you can always mirror your mood or, or bring it up or bring it down with, with music, which I think is good for running because um, I think a lot of times running, like you do have to be really on when you're, when you're running or working out, but you also need to be able to sort of flip the switch and, and relax. And uh, I mean, to me, to me, music is um, sort of that, that thing which you can always fall back on, which is cool. Um, I mean, I watch, yeah, I'm into like Star Wars, Marvel, like cartoon TV, like that kind of stuff as well, which is nice to, um, nice to watch because it's stuff you don't have to think about because, um, I mean, running can sort of consume all thoughts at times. So it's, it's good to have those other things um, to take some time in your day up and, and yeah. Yeah. And then the fashion side of things. So are you, do you, do you kind of dress up a bit outside of the sport? I know, I know you like to dress up within the sport. I mean, it's, it's mainly within the sport, I guess. Um, (laughs) uh, I I don't know. Some people would call it fashion, but, it's sort of, um, I mean, I just do what makes me happy, honestly. Like, I like music, like, um, yeah, and, and like, I like that kind of, um, yeah, style and sort of that uh, retro style. Um, and so, like, I'm happy to put patches on my tracksuit or, um, or, or my race kit or on the stuff I'm training in or if I'm jogging, like, um, jogging a rock and roll shirt or, or something like that. I think, um, I mean, it's just fun as well. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's, that's sort of the thing I um, always fall back on is, is making it fun. Um, Cause if it's fun, you're going to have the most enjoyment with it. And I think a lot of people do um, put too much pressure on themselves with, with running or with, with other stuff. Like I think sometimes you just got to let go and, and be yourself. Um, Cause if you're happy, you're going to get good endorphins. You're going to get a good kick from everything. And, um, yeah, I think that's the key to success. Yeah, and you're often running with the, the phone in the hand and in races I've seen as well. So what what's the go with that? I mean, yeah, yeah, for training 100% because, I mean, 90% of it or more is by myself. And so I could go and run without a phone or I could go and run with a phone, listen to music or like, if I want to finish at the beach or if I'm going to run to the gym, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to run without your phone and, and then just be stuck there or, or whatever. Like if I run into the gym and I'm going to catch the, the ferry home or something like, you know what I mean? You need, you need money and you need to be able to call people. So, I mean, there's a sort of practical element to it, but as well, like, I mean, yeah, like listening to music while I'm, while I'm running is, my favorite thing to do as well. So like it goes pretty, um, pretty hand in hand. Uh, I mean, the other thing I do while I'm running is I'm a big baseball fan, the Chicago Cubs. Um, and from, from March, April until, uh, late October, November, there's a, there's a game at 10 AM every morning, um, as well. So, I mean, a lot of the time I sort of watch the baseball when I'm, when I'm jogging as well, which is, which is fun. Um, really? So you've literally yeah. got video on your phone and you, you, you'll glance at the phone when you're running. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, either music or just watching the baseball, but, but yeah, I mean, if it's video, I'm not watching, um, I'm not watching it play by play, but I'm listening to the commentary or, or, um, yeah, I can take a glance every so often, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's just sort of jogs for, 
for working out like music or um, if I'm on the treadmill, just headphones in. Um, and I mean, races, like if I'm doing something low key or I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time by myself, like sure. Like if it's a fun run, it's a fun run. You know what I mean? Like don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like I get, I get a kick when um, some people like, oh, oh, as if you're running with a phone during like, uh, I don't know, like city to surf and it's like, bro, like it's a fun run. Like stop like taking yourself so seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One of those things I think, um, yeah, a lot of people are happy to comment on other people's enjoyment, which is, which is ironic. They should probably just focus on themselves. I used to have to ask you quickly, uh, artists that come to your head, your favorite artist? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Rolling Stones is definitely my favorite. I mean, the Eagles, I sort of balanced the um, sort of English, um, sort of 60s, 70s, and then into a punk rock scene out with the sort of American um, country, American blues, ZZ Top, um, George Thorogood kind of vibe. So, um but I mean, that's sort of that's sort of my working out music or jogging music. I mean, when I'm chilling, I'll sort of listen to everything from soul to um to folk to to whatever. But yeah, it's always it's always really '60s to '80s. Not much before and not much after. Ah, uh, it's great. Hey, let's get to these running achievements and times, eh? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to read them out from shortest to longest. And the, and as you may know, World Athletics sort of puts your profile with um, track events first and then road. So, yeah. uh, and I do know your, your shorter distances are about six years old. So you're probably yeah. not wanting me to read them out, but I'll, um, I'll go yeah, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so the 800, and you have some background on this because um, I'm sure you'd, you'd prefer these to be quicker, um, but they're probably... You're probably not uh, your event as uh, you're doing the marathon and half and 10Ks. So 800, 157.61 back in 2016, 1500, 356.57, 3K or 3000, as we call it on the track, 813.54. They're all in Sydney, 5000, 1407.24 in Glendale. Then the 10,000, the, the well-renowned Box Hills at those in running circles, uh, 28, 23, 9, 4, which I'm super impressed with with that. 5K, 14, 45 again at Sydney, 10K in Sydney. Uh, these are on the road. Uh, 14, 45 was 5K, 29.08 in the 10. Half Mara, uh, Launceston, which is popular too, 102, 16. And then the marathon, which was this year, as a lot of listeners will know, in April, 213, 45. So happy, happy yeah. to elaborate on the shorter stuff and what led yeah, you out of sure. that. <laughs> I mean, I guess you, you grew up running the shorter stuff. Um, I mean, they are pretty old, but it's also sort of your um, your bread and butter when you grow up. I um, I remember that race. I came second to Josh Phillips. I think you ran a second faster than me out of Blacktown. Um, I think, yeah, the 1500, I ran that in the heats at uh, Nationals back in the day. The 3K was my um Yeah, these my are still though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so they're, three, they're still very quick for back then, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but, like, I wasn't the most talented junior either. I mean, I wasn't terrible at running. Like, I came second at nationals in year 12, but my first nationals was only year 11. Like, I'd run many years up to that. Um, but, yeah, that 3K, I mean, at the time, like, 8-13, um, just after finishing high school was was nice, and that was my kind of first uh, state open medal. 
um, back that up with running that 5k time uh, 14.07 they haven't uh, haven't yeah haven't really run a outdoor track season since 2018 since the start of 2018 as well which is a long time ago yeah, that's my last full track season um, with COVID and America got pretty unlucky with um with the timing of seasons with cross country and indoors and and then COVID um, but yeah ran ran the 28 23 and the 62 16 within a few weeks of each other um, had a good training block during COVID sort of could bust those times out um, yeah straight off the back of that which was nice because yeah it was sort of that time when you did lose a chunk of um time to race um and so it was, it was nice to sort of have something to show for the training in that block and sort of take take things up a notch um which was good i mean i broke my foot right off the back of um the 10k maybe two weeks later i broke my foot um and i remember getting blood tested all my all my um so my, my signs were pretty pretty bad like my testosterone was super low and stuff like that because i think um with with covid it was hard to um it was hard to sort of i don't know just taper down or or put different cycles in i sort of spent a lot of the year in base training i think i sort of fatigued myself a lot um but since then i've definitely learned a lot and put a lot of uh, effort and emphasis on sort of recovery and um nutrition and and um being smart with my training which is which is good and so i'm looking forward to getting back on the track because yeah i haven't raced a half um i mean i haven't raced a 10k since since i ran that time um oh really and Val- yeah yeah and yes, Valencia, what do you um what do you place in that half, uh fourth so, well, I mean, and, was, so uh, and who were the three ahead of you in that in that race? That was January twenty one, only six, five or six weeks after the half in December twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, who was ahead of you so, in that? So uh Rainer Rainer won. Um and then Brett Robin actually no, I think Brett won. Rainer was second, Dave McNeil third. Yeah. Uh, I was fourth. Um so no, around, no Stewie. No, um, I mean, I ran the majority of the race with, with Dave, which was cool. I mean, he ran a couple seconds faster on the last lap than I did. He's got a pretty good kick, and he caught um, whoever was second. He he caught them. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, my marathon as well. Ran that at the start of the year. It was – I mean, it's, it's not like my – it's not what I think I'm capable of, but, I mean, sort of – another brick in the wall. I had um, COVID two weeks before um, and I also got salmonella the day after that in Portugal and then I flew back to Australia um, and then when I got back to Australia, um, ASICs were asking when they could book my flight for a race in Spain um, and so I said, well, if I'm going to head over to Europe, I might as well race a marathon and so I spent a few days back in Australia and I flew back over to um to to Manchester where I raced that. So I mean it wasn't the most ideal preparation for that marathon. Um COVID salmonella and 70 hours of flying. But um yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, you know, you just can't get too hung up about it. And you always gotta do your best no matter what uh, situation you're in. 
Yeah, and a 213.45 in that one. So, yeah, a lot of promise, and particularly after we started with, with the DNF in London, uh, I'm sure yeah. you're, you're, you're raring to go. But the marathon, it, it takes time, doesn't it? And you, you are still young, and years on years with consistency and Ks, I'm sure, will lead you there. Um, For sure. Before, before we get back into the marathon, though, which we said we'd get to at the start, um, and we've spoken about where you were born in Sydney, what, what do you um, credit to at a young age though as to why you got into running were your parents at all into the sport or or siblings or anything like that yeah they're into sport um they're into running cycling and i mean i follow follow like every sport honestly like i was watching the rugby league world cup today i follow uh football baseball cricket like everything um and so i mean i just enjoy that enjoy that lifestyle um but um yeah, I guess it was just a natural progression to running. I enjoyed the fact you could sort of get yourself picked for for teams, which was nice. No politics or no um or no strings attached. Yeah, it's black and white. Hey, if, if you're quickest, you're in. Yeah, I mean usually, um, <laughs> but yeah, it um yeah. So I mean, so grew up running. I mean, it wasn't amazing. I had two good coaches growing up. Um, a guy called Andrew McDonald, um, and a guy called Mike Little. Um, and yeah, I mean, they were sort of very long-term focus, which, which I was happy to, happy to listen to. Cause I mean, it wasn't the fastest guy. I mean, and so the fact they were talking about, um, sort of future success rather than me wanting everything right then there was, was good. Um, so I sort of plugged my way and I've been patient and I think, also, I think I still am patient as well. Like, um, Obviously, like everyone wants to run as fast as they can at any time, but um, yeah, I think good things are worth waiting for, especially with the running. Like you do see your uh, success come off a, a long period of work rather than um, rather than short gains. And it's funny because, like, I mean, even when I uh, I don't know give people advice or whatever, like everyone always wants to run quick then and there, like whether you're trying to run a sub 33 10k or whatever like um it's like yeah cool running under 33s like it's great but if you um if you apply yourself and you've uh got yeah got got time and stuff to train like maybe maybe you can look at even faster in the future as well so i think yeah don't limit yourself and um yeah just give yourself time to for things to evolve naturally and don't rush it and have fun with it as well. Yeah, that's great advice. So if we think specifically about primary school, was there any moments there that uh, you had where of success in running or anything that you think any moments that led you to where you are today? Was there early success in primary school? Uh, I mean, not at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> until you, in year six, I made the cross-country team for the first yeah. time. I mean, I, I was pretty proud of that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. There was only yeah seventy people in the year, and so being uh, second, third, fastest in the in the year, like I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, groundbreaking. But uh, I mean, as well, like it sort of um, gave me that foundation for my love of the sport, which is cool. And I mean, you sort of meet meet people the whole way through. And uh, I mean, I was lucky as well growing up in Sydney in. Um, in good school we had a really strong sporting comp on on saturdays it was sort of like 
uh, Ollie Hall, Morgan McDonald, um, Ed Trippers, myself, um, Zach Facchione, uh, Cam Griffith, uh, Jack Stapleton, is, who was a 340 guy coming out of high school. Um, and so, I mean, and like tons of others as well. Um, and we used to race them every, every weekend. Uh, and so having, having that kind of competition every weekend was pretty, pretty special and pretty cool. Um, cause I mean, you struggle to find that much depth at a, at a, any road race in Sydney. And you sort of got that every year, every, um, every Saturday from year seven to year 12. Wow. So, I mean, that was, yeah, pretty cool. And, um, I mean, it's been fun to sort of, uh, grow up as, as runners with those guys as well. And everyone's, um, sort of got on to, yeah, different, different things and sort of you rendezvous in America at races or, um, yeah, sort of post collegiately with, um, yeah, whatever, whatever sponsor or whatever you're running with. So mm. it is kind of, um, it's kind of cool. And yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So around that, like, so year 10, 11 age, was there any races that led you to believe in yourself in that college was maybe an idea moving forward? Uh, I mean, the thing is like, I always sort of believed in myself, which I think was important because I was never winning races. Um, and so I was always like, I mean, even if I was coming sort of fifth and I wanted to come first, like, or I was coming 10th and I wanted to, um, yeah, like at, at state champs in year seven, I think I was, um, actually I didn't make state champs in year seven, year eight, I was 26, didn't make states in year nine, year 10, I was, uh, 11th, um, and then year 11, I was uh, like second. Um, and so, I mean, the progression was always there. And so I sort of just had the belief that just keep plugging away and I'll keep on sort of just chipping away at that and I'll, I'll find my place in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and was, yeah. The drive, was the drive like intrinsic? Was it something that you enjoyed um, and got out yeah. of personally? Or was there any extrinsic, like the, the rewards of actually placing in these races was driving you as well? Uh, I mean, for me, like when I was little, like my dream job was to always be a professional athlete, like whether that was uh, athletics or um, cricket or or whatever. Like that's always wanted to want to. That's always what I wanted to be when I uh, grew up. Um, and so I knew just if I worked hard enough at that, um, and if you believe in yourself, like I mean, it, it, anything's possible, really. Um, and I'm, I'm sure if I wasn't putting in, uh, like up to 200 K a week running, I'd be spending tons of hours in the nets or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'd, or cycling, I don't know, like I'd be happy to put my um, endeavors elsewhere as well. Hey, just talk to us about that college experience, hey, because I've got, um, so I work at Churchy, Anglican Church Grammar School in Brisbane, and I've got a few runners, um, and we, we, we often do have a few runners who consider moving across. Um, yeah. As you very well may know, Kai Robinson uh, is, is one of our boys who's over at Stanford at the moment, who made the, yeah. the, the transition about oh, two, three years ago. Um, and there's many GPS boys. So GPS is the competition within Brisbane amongst private yeah. schools. 
uh, who, who look to head over. And then those just who finish school too, old boys, as we call them, uh, looking to head over. And obviously listeners who are, are just keen to hear yeah. about that whole experience. So, yeah, which college did you head to and how did that work, that transition over? Uh, so I went to Iona, which is in New York. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think college is a great option for anyone. I mean, there are so many schools over there. Uh, I mean, my advice would definitely go to a Division One school because there's like 501 or more Division One unis. And if each cross-country team uh, has a roster of sort of 10 to 20 people, like there's thousands of spots. And so you don't really need to be the next, um, I don't know, Ollie Hall or whatever to go over there. Like if you, if you want to go over, like, do it because like i mean schools always looking to looking to fill spots um uh, yeah there's just so many of them as well uh and so yeah you don't have to necessarily oh, sorry that was my bad yeah but you don't need you don't know um... yeah here we go you don't necessarily like need to uh uh wait for them to approach you or whatever just um to just start looking and, and reach out if you want as well. Like, I mean, it's pretty easy to work out who any um, team's head or assistant coaches. Um, and so, yeah, if you, if you aspire to do that, I'd definitely recommend it. I, um, I went to uni in uh, Sydney first. And so I went post-grad to America, which is the other option, ah, okay. um, which I think for me was good. I mean, I'm sure like I, I would have got, I would have got a scholarship somewhere like out of high school, but um, I mean, I was running a ton faster, like two, three years later, which uh, made, made looking at college even easier. Um, and I could go to a, a better college or whatever. So that's the other, that's the other way to, way to look at it too, um, is going post-grade because you can still get two or three years instead of four or five. So, I mean, sort of two are the same, but I think it's a good idea. Um, I mean, athletics in Australia, like, isn't super geared up to that under 23 level. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to get, it's hard to get uh, sort of good quality races in that, that awkward, um, that those awkward years. It's something like at college, you can go over and you're racing, sort of every fortnight in um, really good quality meets, always sort of match what level you're at. There's tons of races. Um, and so it's hard, like, you go over there and, like, you will run faster times and be in better fields than if you than if you stay in Australia. Um, but it's it's funny as well. Like, I chose Iona. I visited um, Oregon, Portland, um, and I had, went and had a look at UCLA as well. I was talking to Florida State um and and a lot of other schools um but i mean for me one of the biggest draw cards about iona was i mean the fact it was in a big city i mean a lot of the colleges in america are in sort of small college towns sort of in the middle of nowhere <laughs> which i mean it's peaceful and fine if you're into that but i mean it was nice being in new york it's a pretty cool city um and there's a lot going on uh, maybe a bit too much going on sometimes like there's always there's always something to do but yeah I mean coming from Sydney and living on the water it was nice to go to uh, college where I could go down to the beach like 
five minutes away and go for a swim every day. So that was that was the other draw card. Just um, yeah, made things made things super easy. Yeah, and what sort of races were you competing in over there? What distances? Um, I just like. I just feel like in the last year or so, the American running's been quite well known within the running community in Australia. Like everybody knows about Ollie Hoare and they're starting to learn about Kai Robinson. Um, and that yeah. might have just been me living under a shell, but I, I've been in the sport for a while and, and didn't hear too much about Ed. Um, so just, yeah, just elaborate on on the, the, the race distances and any performances that put you in a good spot for that ASICS deal. Yeah, I mean... Um... Uh, I mean, yeah, college, you race indoors, outdoors, and cross country. Um, I think that I think the reason it's so well publicized uh, at the moment, especially uh, NCAA's last year, um, because of the COVID year, they gave an extra year's eligibility to uh, everyone, and so usually, um, usually get sort of four years, but guys were sort of on their fifth or sixth years racing and so um so the standard in the ncaa last year year before and even i mean strong this year but i think i think last year with um i mean Connor Mance winning nationals like it was that sort of next next level up um and because of that there was a lot of fast races whether they're just racing uh, other college guys or whether they're um racing sort of pro semi-pro meets but yeah there's just there's just so much running that goes on in america which is which is cool um yeah yeah i think um i mean i was a bit unlucky with covid coming uh halfway through my first indoor season i never got to run an outdoor season when i was in america um i went back over for uh i went back over for uh, two weeks and raced regionals and national cross last year um but yeah i, I didn't get to spend a, a ton of time like uh some of those other guys in america which was annoying because i mean one of the big factors was wanting to go over and race outdoor which i think is probably the best season uh over there so that was annoying but i mean yeah tons of other guys would get that opportunity which is cool um but i think yeah, just post college, definitely uh, got that sort of marathon and uh, road focus, which is, yeah, which is what I enjoy the most. And I think the running world itself is pretty um, directed to that at the moment. I think um, a lot of shoe companies are driving, driving that side of the, the sport. And yeah, there's a lot of hype around the marathon. There's a lot of hype around, yeah, the half, the 10K, these road races. Like, I mean, if even a few years ago, like the five k road world record was like, um, it was like thirteen twenty or something, whereas now it's twelve forty seven. Like sort of those distances like that didn't have that much uh, hype around them, whereas now they're super well sought after. So I mean that's definitely where I'm gonna stay. I mean I still race track and I still um yeah I still train those energy systems and I I feel like to be in a good marathon shape, like you still have to be in good 10 K shape. Cause I mean, to run three minute Ks or whatever for 42 Ks, you have to be able to run two fifties or whatever for a 10 K, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like probably well quicker. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Um, and I enjoy all that different 
different challenges that come with racing different distances. Yes, yeah, so let's get into that marathon uh, because it's, it has been a bit of a topic of conversation across a few running podcasts. I know you've um, in the last few months have featured on a few podcasts. I think the Sweat Elite and Physical Performance Show I found. Um, was that was the question proposed to you at all about the the marathon in the country and what what the current crop can do to improve on it, both both women and men? Yeah, um, I mean, I think. I think the marathon just will improve within the country uh, naturally. I think I think other countries are probably faster to take take it up. Um, and I mean, I think the initial take up of Australian, uh, I mean Australian Australian women, like they're doing well and they have been for a number of years. Um, but I think that culture has been there um, towards the marathon, whereas on the men's side, a lot of it's been um, pretty track dominated until until really recently um and so I'm, I'm sure it'll fall back into place i'm sure like we won't be having this conversation in another two three years time um yeah because i think i think a lot of guys like are, are gonna break on through um i mean brett running under 210 for the first time in 18 years by an australians like i mean it's a big step and it's a good time but like honestly like he should yeah like someone of his talent could probably run two six you know what i mean like um so it'd be interesting to see how fast he goes um i mean pat tannen is another one moving up to the marathon um, yeah chicago the other week 211 something yeah. wasn't it pb oh sorry debut uh, um marathon debut, yeah. yeah yeah uh i mean yeah liam adams he's been doing well for a few years it'd be interesting to see um see if he uh, turns it up a gear because, I mean, he's running really well um, and Com Games was definitely his his best um, championship performance. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if he sort of kicks off off that. And, um, yeah, Andy Buchanan ran, yeah. ran a decent one as well. I mean... Um, 2.13 now, is he? Yeah. Uh, I think 2.12 yeah. mid. 2.12 mid, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I think all things are heading in the same way. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to running a time that I'm proud of myself. I feel like I'm in, in good shape. Um, I know I know Manchester at the at the start of the year I was on uh two eleven pace until uh thirty thirty nine Ks. Um and yeah, but I mean terrible prep for that. And also like uh last year I had um uh like some issues with my heart with the um with the COVID vaccine, um, which have all put to bed this year, and I was able to get a good training block, yeah, throughout the whole year. Um, and so, annoying London wasn't something I could uh, sort of test my fitness, but I'm, I'm sure I'll get that other opportunity sometime sooner when I do. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it all goes to plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, continue uh, what you're doing. But I, I mean, yeah. the the question's got to be asked about. Like, I can think of a few things that may may be a consideration for current marathoners, particularly uh, the men. Like, do you think compared to the guys like Monaghetti and Deeks and stuff that we we may need to be running more over more hills in general is one thing. And I'll just list these off. Um, before you before you start to think about him yourself, the other ones maybe less racing, so less racing in the five ten half marathon events through the year, and just training 
for the marathon and the other one's just time you said it already time so over years and years of consistency that that will get there yeah i mean it's uh, yeah i i don't know i th i think it's all going to happen naturally i think um uh i think different training i mean i'm sure the training methods people are doing in the 80s 90s like obviously they worked but i think uh equally the sessions people um do for marathon work these days work um work as well i guess the question there is guys moving out to the marathon probably have to be doing more marathon specific stuff rather than um incorporating like different um training stimulus i think it's it probably has to be a sort of a shift of program and shift of uh i guess mileage upwards as well i mean it doesn't have to necessarily be be too big um i know a lot of the guys in in uh, africa like don't run that big mileage um and they've all got a pr pretty similar uh style of training um but I, yeah, I think it's just it's just a shift in training, probably up to instead of maybe wanting to hold on to that five ten k shape, um, probably sort of letting go of that a bit more and going a bit more all in on the marathon. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll sure it's all falling into place as well. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, honestly, like those guys like Monteghetti, like Deke, they're they're big inspirations for sure. Um, but it's funny, like I've had a conversation with Steve like a few years ago when he was, um, he was talking about the sort of training people do um, not necessarily marathon specific, but uh, some of the workouts, which he used to do frequently, like uh, his fartlek or, um, or uh, Rob doing quarters, like um, they're not necessarily big sessions, but obviously they've got a, a good um skill set which they develop um i mean so it, it's it's funny it'd be interesting to see if someone did train um in the way they did whether whether things would all go to play but i think honestly um i mean especially with new shoes not necessarily in races but even training like you can um i mean like look at like look at the hill on the new um nova blast three like yes yeah yeah, yeah, like it's it's thick as, like you can put a lot of mileage into this, and your legs are gonna recover a lot better. I mean, if I did a hard workout and I had to jog in a pair of um, Asics Kano nines or something from early two thousands, late nineties, like I'm sure I'd have to go pretty short and easy for my recovery runs. Whereas, like if you're running in something like this, which is lighter and higher stack and um, looks after your legs better, like you can definitely do a, a bit more or or recover a lot better running in, in that kind of shoe as well. So, I mean, there's definitely lots of things to consider. Yeah, so let's get into your training week then because that, that leads uh, nicely into that. You, you tend to be running, I think from what I see on Strava anyway, I followed you for a year or so, is is close or well, between sort of 160 to 180 and, and sometimes below or above that. Uh, so yeah, so what, what sort of the average and are doing within in the week to get that mileage? Yeah, um, I mean, so like if I'm if I'm tapering if I'm tapering down in the in the road season um, for a semi semi key race, I mean, I probably run about 140 k's, something like City to Surf Week or something like that. 
um, where I cut down enough to race well, but it's not my it's not my key race, and so I'm not going to take a long two week taper. And like I would a marathon. I mean, marathon week you probably run sort of one fifteen, one one twenty k's. I mean, obviously the race is pretty long as well, so sort of get some mileage up there a bit. Um, if I'm doing a more speed focused week, maybe I run. Uh, uh, maybe I run. Um, so my mom's called. Let's wait for that. Calling light. Yeah. Um, this is annoying. All right, we back in. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm doing a more speed focused week, I'll probably run. Uh, maybe one seventies, one eighties. Um, or if it's maybe two weeks out from a race or something like that. Um, but but in sort of a good solid marathon week, whatever good solid race, I mean good solid training week will be sort of one high one eighties, one nineties, two hundred plus. Um, and so I sort of, I mean this this block's been since I mean since Manchester marathon whatever. Um, it's been good because it's allowed me to sort of put a few different cycles in to my training. Um, but as well, like um, I'm looking forward to the future where I can, because um, yeah, last year was super interrupted with a lot of stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to the next few years where I can really sort of build things um, in a cycle manner and um, have a few target races as a, as opposed to just needing to, to get on base or whatever in a few, in a few, um, races, but yeah, I mean, training's pretty, pretty simple. Like I do a long threshold, uh, most weeks is one session, sort of maybe, um, 50 to 75 minutes as one, um, as one run. And then my other one, that one or, uh, probably a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends how long I'm going, like I'm going, uh, 50 minutes or like maybe 45 minutes like it would definitely be quicker um, but if you go longer maybe more more sort of marathon pace or um, I mean goal marathon pace um, but yeah and then um, my other workout will be like track session maybe like 8 to 12 by K sort of um, whatever whatever pace but I mean when I'm on the track like I do try to run fast because I think you do get a good benefit um where if you can get your anaerobic threshold or as high as it can like it's going to feel a lot easier running at a, a lower zone which is marathon pace um and i think yeah the more efficient you can be running uh 240 245 like the more efficient you're going to be running three minutes three or five as well um and so they're my two sort of uh standard uh week of training sessions um but i mean i've done a few hard long runs um like I did uh, 30, 37 k at 318s, which I started out at um, three, 345 first K. Last 10K was in 31 minutes. Um, I mean, like, it's sort of what the what the Kenyans do, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, sort of one of those. thing, yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, which obviously works for them. It's funny because, like, a lot of people think they're just sort of hammering that sort of session weekly and i'm sure some are but um i think a lot of people like romanticize different marathon 
workouts or different sessions that they need to hit or they need to um yeah be doing week in week out but i think the reality is you only um you only benefit from what you can absorb so i mean if you're training too hard or training training too long in um in different levels of exertion like it's gonna be really hard to recover from that um yeah if you're doing it week in week out yeah, exactly. So you see, so you recommend to any runner out there for the long runs to for it just to be that comfortable pace, that, you know, conversational, any time, like a minute or so slower than a, a five or 10 K pace or anything like that you gauge off, or is it just to, to um, feel? I mean, I think it's, it's good to sort of plan it out. Like, I mean, if you've got a marathon coming out, like for sure, do those big, uh, do those big long runs um, at, um, at sort of a goal pace. But I mean, I just wouldn't do that every week. And if you're sort of hammering a long threshold or you're hammering a hill workout, like on the Friday, um, like it'd be, in my opinion, pretty dumb to be, then back up the day day later and do basically the same thing, just a little bit slower and a little bit longer as your um, as your long run. Like I think, yeah, you sort of just have to um, have it sort of planned out what you're going to do. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people sort of perceive my training as a bit um, sort of sporadic or haphazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's ironic because like, I mean, everything's planned out. I think the only thing I don't plan out is like, I'm not too fussed. Um, Jogging. Or like, I mean, just for sort of a few days, I'll leave a little bit of like leeway in there. Like if I'm, I mean, if I'm ideally going to work out on Friday, but I don't feel like I'm that, recovered um i'll push it back to saturday and, and then i might take the long run a bit easier but if i'm feeling good maybe i'll push it forward a day so i know i can get an extra day in before a long run and before the next workout um i mean the other the thing i found hardest honestly with this training block is um i've done a decent amount of gym work just to um get some good s and c and it's honestly the hardest part about training is finding finding two times a week to um lift weights on you know what i mean like it's like you can do it on workout days but if you're not doing a workout days often you're going to do it the day before all the workout day <laughs> yeah all the because yeah all the all the day after so i mean it's some do it it's after hard. Run. yeah and so it's hard you sort of have to um yeah sort of balance that um and I think it's easy, it's good to have a little bit of um, flexibility in there because, like, I mean, if you got a lot of muscle breakdown running hard 400s on a Tuesday, um, like, I think going to the going to the gym and um, sort of reopening those little micro tears a few hours later um, probably isn't smart. But it, I mean, at the same time, a lot of people go and lift weights after a hard workout because they sort of group them all together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it works decently as well if you do group them together. But I think if you're just doing sort of half letting them recover, um, I think maybe you could run into a few problems. Like if you're going Tuesday, hard run, Wednesday, gym, hard, Thursday, another workout. You know what I mean? Like Friday, gym, Saturday, another workout. Then if you're doing three workouts, then you want to have a long run on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like it's it just doesn't doesn't really doesn't really work out. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Um, I guess uh, within that too, um, 
are you are you adjusting that at the moment leading into uh, Valencia with that half marathon? Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, this little micro cycle, whatever you want to call it, like last week was very much chill out for five days post race. It's Monday, Monday to Friday, just easy jogging. I could get on the Ultra G over here, get on the treadmill, um, and take things pretty chill. Um, and then had a good workout on Saturday, which was, I mean, I felt like I absorbed it. I think, um, I mean, obviously there was some risk with doing a long workout, but I mean, the other thing I enjoyed was sort of the confidence boost, um, and the, I guess, endorphin hit of a, of a good workout. I think, I think there's a lot to be said about, um, if you do a good workout, but you're in a, in, you're in a good mood and you're in a good mood the next day, like you're going to your body's just going to be processing everything a lot, a lot better than if you do do something and then you sort of beat yourself up for it. Like when you create that stress and your cortisol levels go up, like it's going to be a lot harder to um, process it. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was Saturday. Uh, um, job Daisy Sunday, job Daisy until Tuesday did like a, just under 13 K workout, three minute K started out at, um, 305s finished last 5k in like i don't know 14 45 or something um i mean so that was good as well but um and then yeah taking it pretty easy to to i'll do something pretty pretty easy um maybe tuesday or something and so it's kind of mm. yeah it was chill out heaps initially pre-race race um workout absorb workout get a few extra recovery recovery days in um have another workout and sort of top it up but um yeah jog pretty easy or jog on the treadmill between um and what, then, do you, yeah, what do you like so, to do the yeah that day day leading in or the day of uh any strides or how far do you like to jog before a, like a half race distance um i mean like i mean ideally like if i'm in sydney i was going the old g the day before like you can go like pretty, you can just go, go whatever. Usually I do like 50, 60 the day before, but like I'll do it at a light percent and I'll just sort of watch a TV show or something like that for an hour. Just, you know what I mean? Just keep it pretty, pretty chill. But um, yeah, like I'd rather, I'd rather cut down a bit earlier, sort of stop doubling um, a few days out um, and then jog like, I'd, ra- I'd rather go um, 50, 60 up until the day before rather than uh, a double 90 minutes, four days out. You know what I mean? I'd rather mm. cut down a little bit earlier and then just keep it all rolling on in. Um, I mean, that was the other ironic thing for London. Like, it was it was a long time waiting around for it, um, which is probably stupid why I spent so much time in the sauna. But it was funny because, like, so many days you just woke up like oh damn like I'd, I'd love to race today or like I, yeah. feel like I'm, I feel like I'm ready and you're just sort of biding your time um, but um, yeah I mean the thing with the taper is like you I mean Morgan McDonald told me this he's like you're always better off being undercooked than overcooked you know what I mean like there's there's no point in making yourself like excessively tired before a race which I've definitely done a ton in the past um but yeah, I mean, it's good to make those um, 
yeah, learnings and then leave the mistakes in the past and move on in. So, oh yeah. yeah. Hey, just quickly, who who writes your program? Who do you train with? Um, I mean, I train with basically just myself, but I mean, <laughs> I work with um Gavin Barron down in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, he coaches Abby Caldwell as well. Um, and it it's good. I mean, he him and I get on really well, which I think is the the best part of a coach athlete relationship. Like, it's fun. Um, and it's enjoyable. You know what I mean? I think a lot of um. Yeah, you don't want to train with someone who um yeah, who you don't enjoy training with. Um I mean the only thing that's annoying, but also like there's just not that many guys in Sydney to um to run with. So I mean a lot of it is is solo. Like I'd love to have people to train with. Like the best part about being over here between races, like I can go down um I mean, yeah, like train with Adam Clark and Charlie Grice and then the other day train with um um Henry McClocky is a he's a young guy with Adidas, Jack Rowe, who went to college, he's run sixty one high for the half. Um and then Charlie Grice again, like you're surrounding yourself with um with good runners, you know what I mean? Like went for lunch with Jake Whiteman after. Like it's sort of um yeah, you're just surrounded with that that good network. Yeah. Um which I think is key and I mean I know that's sort of lacking in my setup in Sydney. Um I mean, on the other hand, like my setup in Sydney, like I do have my good sport network and I've got like physio and, and all those um, things for recovery. So it's sort of a time and a place to base yourself wherever you need to be. But um, yeah, you do definitely get to kick up the ass training with guys who are, um, yeah, who are good runners. Oh, yeah. So, you, so you're often, even in your f- like faster, shorter sessions on your own. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I do quite a lot of workouts on the, on the um treadmill just because like i mean it's pretty monotonous going to a um sort of a small loop and doing a long threshold um and being sydney and it's a big city like you can't exactly just go out the door and run flat 20 20k threshold you know what i mean it's sort of I'd rather just um, go locally on the treadmill or, and get it done or, or something like that as opposed to have to um, drive like 45 minutes out to Homebush or something and go on the road out there. It's sort of um, – it's just easy. And um, and I think easy is, is good a lot of the time. Yeah, that's great. Hey, moving forward now. Um, so what date's the Valencia? Is that on the 30th? The 23rd. 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 It's, it's one week away, yeah. Um, yeah, so just give yeah. us an idea of what you're running then in, uh, if you have any idea, you mentioned earlier, you're probably going to think about it after the half, uh, at Valencia. Um, firstly, any races in Australia and then abroad, like the Gold Coast, Mara or Melbourne or Sydney next year. And then any, I mean, Gold, uh, overseas. I mean, Gold Coast, I think is, um, I mean, I think it's beneficial to do. I'm sure that'll be the, uh, Oceania championship or whatever. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure like a lot of good guys from Australia and New Zealand will rock up there. Yeah, it was a bit um, quiet just, this year, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm reckon next year is going to be a big one, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I mean, that that's just something I've got my eye on. Um, but I mean, ideally, like I'd run the qualifying time anyway. Like I think I'm in shape to run that. Um, and so that'd be nice. I'm looking at, um, uh, I mean, Tokyo next year. Um, it's sort of a 
I got a good sort of relationship with like obviously ASICs who sponsored the event. Um, and so I've already got a spot lined up um, there, which I could do if I want. Um, and then, I mean, there's a few in December as well. But yeah, let's let's see how Valencia half goes. I think, um, I mean, I think I'm in good shape. So we'll see. But yeah. And is it a PB course? Have you got a PB planned for that? 62 is a PB, isn't it? We read out earlier. Yeah, I mean, if I if I can run 62-16 in, in Launceston with no pacemaker, like I, it'd be bad if I didn't run a PB, you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, it's also running, so who knows? But, yeah, no, definitely, like, a PB would be great. Um, I mean, I don't have to run that much faster to go under go into the 61s as well. So, I mean, that would be that'd be another goal. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, if I think if I did that, that's sort of, um, job done, but obviously like I do have some, somewhat of a marathon in the legs as well, which is another variable, but yeah, I feel good. And I got another whole week to feel even better. So yeah, just we'll roll on through. Fantastic. Hey, got some, uh, listener questions to finish, listener questions to finish with. Sorry, stumbling on my words at the back end here. And then some of my own, if you're happy to finish up. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. I've got three listener questions. Um, I've just checked one's come in last night, Brisbane time. So I'll get to that one shortly. The other's a, a listener of the show, good mate of mine, Chris Littlejohn. He's asked, and I think I recall seeing this on Strava or social media somewhere, you had a habit of swimming after your runs a lot. Are you still swimming after your runs? Yeah, yeah. After, I mean, I swim every day. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's really good for recovery. Um, I think one thing is you don't, you don't get too cold too close after the workout. You sort of wait. Um, I got told this by a physiologist. So, I mean, if if the science is wrong, it's his fault. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to go too close after a workout because you do want your body to, um, to uh, start recovering on its own. Um, but, yeah, after that initial sort of two-hour period, just whatever temp's fine. But, yeah, swim after um, – some after yeah every day so i mean it's yeah after every run if i can too which is good um yeah there's definitely like as much for the um for the body and soul as it is for recovery but they all fall under the same uh, same banner as well yeah great hey uh brandon demers is the next one he's been on here a few times with some questions he's asked and the tp project i don't know who they are they've popped up on instagram have asked a similar question um, Brandon asked one vinyl for the rest of your life. What would you pick? And the TP project asked favorite band. So you probably could nail that with one answer. Um, the, the question is, if you know it, <laughs> who do you pick? Um, my favorite album of all time is the um, Let It Bleed album by the Rolling Stones. I mean, they're my favorite band. Um, but I mean, one album. I mean, if I wanted just to listen to um, one one band one band album i mean i'd probably go a um double lp of something like some girls by the rolling stones just because it's got a lot of different stuff on it's got miss you it's got beast of burden um it's got some country stuff on as well which is nice um uh i mean the other the other option would be to go for something like uh guardians of the galaxy soundtrack um from the second film just because it's got a variety of um different music on as well so i mean that'd be that'd be my two options but yeah 
Great. I've got some of my own questions here now. Are you ready to go? These these will be quick. Yeah, easy. Uh, well, that's determined on uh, your answer too. Uh, favorite run <laughs> location at or loop in Sydney? You got to pick one. Uh, uh, I mean, I got two. So for every day other than Sunday, my favorite run is uh, from Mossman in and around the city to um, my gym for day. Um, but on Sundays, I love Narrabeen Lake, finishing at the at the beach, um, at Narrabeen, Narrabeen Beach, going for a swim after. We always get a good group up there. And I mean, it's a great place to run. You wouldn't want to run there every day just because it's, um, yeah, it's just a lap around the lake. Like it could get a bit samey. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people love Centennial Park, but like training there, like most, most workouts from the age of like 13, 14 until now, like I'm pretty, pretty over that park. I don't really, <laughs> don't really go to Centennial uh, if I, if I can avoid it. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely Narrabeen, um, uh, Mossman to the city and also West Head is um, super nice if you want to drive a little bit, a little bit out of it. All right. The other uh, hair, Ed, how much longer will the, the mullet or the longer hair last? Is that a lifetime lock-in? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll look like Richard Branson when I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite clothing brand off the track, this is? Off the track. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I wear, like, ASIC stuff a ton of time. <laughs> just because, like, I mean, I can just go on and order whatever. And, I mean, they've got some pretty – um pretty cool uh sports style stuff um but i um i mean i um i was getting some stuff from a cycling brand called park up um which um which a friend friend started the the uh brand they're the same um same guys who do uh zane robe and barney calls um and so he sent me a ton of stuff which was cool i mean i wear that a bit but yeah yeah and then um and then I'm getting, I got two custom made suits as well, um, embroidered. And so, um, they're not a brand; they're both tailor made, but they're um, yeah, they're pretty cool. All right, favorite uh, current runner out there, and also your your biggest running idol when you're younger, um, five or even more ten years ago, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that'd be easy. Like, I grew up loving uh, Mo Farah. I mean, I still, like, I still, um, I mean, look up to him. Like, I was looking forward to running uh, against him at London. I mean, not that I would have been able to hold my own because, like, we're pretty bad, but hopefully I'll get that opportunity um, again. Um, I mean, I'll, the thing is, like, um, as well, like, the best part about sort of being where I am and sort of at the start of my like I don't know, professional career is I'm um, I'm running against and I'm running with and I'm training with and um, a lot of guys I grew up with whether it's uh, Australians like um, like Brett or like Benson Lawrence like the best part about uh, where at, where I'm at in my career um, is is like racing those guys who I grew up um like aspiring to to be running against it's sort of like a dream come true so i mean yeah ben uh brett um i mean like ryan gregson like i've trained trained uh a decent amount with um but i mean even like i remember 
uh, watching those like old flow track uh, yeah. driven videos of like the Robertson twins in Kenya. And then like all of a sudden, like he's uh, yeah. One of my closest mates, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's ironic. Just you, um, yeah, you just meet so many people. Um, yeah. And it, it's super cool as well. Um, but I mean, I, I get as much joy out of like, I run with a couple guys who are, um, I mean, a little bit younger, like finishing year 12, like a guy called, uh, Joel Solomon, like, um, and I mean, I enjoy running with, with him a lot just because, um, I don't know, it's, it, it's just always good vibes running with guys who are like, um, yeah, they're always in a good mood. They're sort of aspiring to, um, uh, sort of improve as athletes. Like it's, it's fun to, um run with those guys too and you can sort of take them under your wing a bit which is cool i sort of um yeah get a bit get a bit of a kick out of um of that kind of thing um but yeah no it's funny like i shared a a room in spain with zane i shared a room in london with brett um and it's funny because like yeah you, you become friends with those guys whereas when you were like 16 and they were like I don't know, 20, 23, 24, like where I'm at now is, yeah, yeah, it sort of goes full cycle in, in yeah. a way, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, it, it was, um, it was funny actually coming back to one of your earlier points. I remember having a conversation in London with Brett, um, about marathon workouts, um, and we we're talking about the sustainability of being able to do a, uh, long tempo every week, um, and we sort of, uh, I mean, I put forward the, the thought that, um, and he agreed with when you do, when you overdo a sort of type of workout, um, like sometimes you need that, uh, I don't know, endorphin kick to get it done. So like if you over familiarize yourself with uh, a long tempo, like, that session you might uh, start dreading or start, um, uh, yeah, you might find it hard to get up for that kind of workout because um, when something's new or exciting, like you do get a big adrenaline rush, um, which definitely helps helps you through. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a similar like thing to, yeah, being in a positive mood or a good, good mood towards a session. But um I think that's the other thing with training as well. You do have to keep it um, enjoyable and you do have to keep mixing it up um, and don't, don't overdo the hard stuff and don't, um, don't punish yourself unnecessarily as well, because you do need to, um, yeah, you need to look after your, your head to look after your legs. Yeah. Great. Hey, current rotation of shoes at the moment with ASICs, just give us a quick uh, idea of, of each of your runs and which shoes you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, show one earlier. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll go slowest to fastest. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> this is my, like, Toyota Land Cruiser of a shoe. It's the Kiano Light, and it's kind of, um, yeah, when I just want an easy day and I don't want to run fast at all, I'll run in, run in this. Um, if I want to run... Sort of a little bit quicker, but keep it chill. I'll run in the, the Nova Blast. I mean, you could do a tempo in this. Like, I've, I've done a few, and it's it's good. Like, the foam is really nice. In the new version, um, the Glide Ride 
um, three, which ASICs are actually discontinuing next year. So if you like them, make sure you get a few pairs. But they got a really nice rocker, and you can sort of get rolling them a little bit. They're kind of like a maybe like a little sports SUV kind of vibe as a shoe. Um, I've got uh, what I ran London in, um, the Sky V1. Um, yeah, which is which is nice. I mean, the other shoe which I um, technically can't show. I got a um, a few prototypes from Asics, um, which they're the real deal in in my opinion. I think I think they're great. They're um, I mean, they're lighter than the Alpha Fly, but they're a similar similar stack. They're about uh, they're about fifty grams lighter than the Alpha Fly. Um, so I mean, they're, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. And the foams, um, it's, it's really good. You can sort of, you can sort of tell, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that coming out. Um, but yeah, that's my sort of shoe rotation. I mix it up quite a lot. Like I'm a big shoe guy and I sort of run in, run in whatever my body's feeling, feeling that day. But yeah, I think it's important to, um, mix your shoes up and um i mean if you if you give them a few days off between where the foam sort of um uh bounces back a little bit as well so you improve the longevity of the shoe so yeah make sure you've got a few on rotation very interesting yeah asics definitely are revolutionary at the moment i think with their shoes but uh yeah, yeah. i mean the joggers the joggers are great they're flats they're good um yeah, i think yeah. um i think i think nike's uh sort of Still have the march on the market, being the first ones to um yeah. uh to get that shoe out. I think they're um they've been able to sort of uh push forward off that. But I'm um I'm really impressed with um with with the uh, next versions coming out. I think they're going to be yeah the best on the market. Oh yeah, definitely. It's exciting. I think Vasics uh, and a few shoe brands out there, but um. Yeah, thanks there for are. running us through the ASICs, guys. Hey, it's 7.30 here, Ed. We've been here for an hour and a half. The sun's actually, I've got an 18-month-old just woken up, which is perfect timing now yeah, for awesome. me to head into my Sunday morning. And it's, perfect. what, 10.30, uh, 11.30 there. Yeah. It's 10.30. Uh, yeah, great. So, yeah, Moving okay. into your bedtime. Yeah, have a shower, watch a tiny bit of TV, and sleep. <laughs> Classic London lifestyle, heading to bed later, running later. What times you run tomorrow morning? About ten o'clock. Uh, I mean, I, I wish I might I might head out with a group tomorrow. Um, TBD. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I much yeah. appreciate coming on here. Clearly, uh, you enjoy the sport and you're loving it. And um, I, including the listeners, are de- definitely looking forward to the next few months and years. We then got us, uh, particularly the half and marathon as well. Uh, which is very exciting for Australian running. So thank you very much. Yeah, no, thanks so much. I think I think it'll be good. I mean, um, yeah, it's just one of those things you just plug away at, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck in Valencia. We'll check the um, – is, yeah. is there a spot we can watch it online? Or uh, I mean, I'm sure there will be. I mean, I, I always try to find streams just usually on Facebook Live yeah. or watch athletics. Um yeah, they're always always around somewhere. All right, well, good luck with your training, mate, next week or so, and take it easy, hey? Yeah, sweet as. Thanks heaps for having me. Cheers, Ed. Have a good one. See you, mate. Peace. See you soon.